Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here in the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 100 of the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. We have a special show put together for you to mark this 100th installment. In the first hour, we'll be speaking with Pa Grabowski, the Danish minimalist and collagist that produces work under the name Ulrum. We've admired his output for the past few years, and we're fortunate enough to get to work with him through our in-house label, Round Bell Recordings, on his latest full-length called Skigi which you're hearing the opening track of behind me right now. Whether composing long-form ambient pieces or more nocturnal folk melodies, there's a very clear and cohesive vision to all of Ulram's material. And we talk with Pa about both his music and his unique collage art. We play several tracks from his newer releases and from his back catalog. And then in the second half of the show, Paw put together a continuous mix of music from some of the contemporary artists and works that he is quite fond of, which I'll let play out uninterrupted. But before we get to all that, I'm going to play a couple of Allroom tracks to get things started. From a recent series of made-to-order 7-inch lathes that the label Champion Version put out, this is a piece called Part 3.
Well, looking through your discography, you had a release that came out in 2007 called There is a Flaw in My Iris, uh, which was later reissued in 2014 on A Giant Fern. And it was around 2014, in fact, that you really started to actively record and release new music. Um, Can you explain that kind of extended gap in releases? I mean, were you just simply working on music all during that time span and just really wasn't worried or focused on putting it out? Yeah, well, um, after that uh, release in 2007, uh, I actually did um, talk with the label about... uh, putting out another release and we had it all planned and and stuff and then all of a sudden he just disappeared <laughs> and that's right uh, I wrote him what's up and I even had the cover made and all and I just didn't uh, hear anything and that was like my first like um, my first connection with a, a real label or a label releasing physical releases the other was a net label mm-hmm. um, and I guess I, I didn't really know much about how anything worked at that time and I was just like um, yeah you know fuck this I don't and then I just kind of didn't try to get anything released I guess or I, I didn't think it was good enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just kept recording. And also before uh, 2007, I recorded a lot. And yeah, and I recorded even more, I guess, after mm-hmm. in that right. seven-year time. And then, then yeah, in uh, 2014, I guess, um, I, I started contacting some labels about releasing stuff. And then... Yeah. Um, that kind of op- all, that opened the yeah. floodgates a little bit for you. You felt a little more confident getting your work out into the world at that point. You feel like? Yeah, definitely. And um, and yeah, and this is also the reason why I've been putting out so much uh, in a kind of short uh, period of time because mm-hmm. I I still have a lot of stuff actually. Um, so um so yeah i'm still just putting out and then i guess we'll uh, come into that but yeah i'm kind of reworking the the old stuff into new stuff um yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask you that because you know when we were talking for this release that you put out on round bale you said that a lot of the the recordings date back over 10 years or something like that so you know, you you obviously hinted at this. You do have quite a bit of uh, older recordings that you are now revisiting, repurposing, what have you, into the current work that you're doing. Yeah, and so yeah, on, on this release, there's like I have some really old recordings, and I have some uh, old recordings, <laughs> and like the really old ones are, f- are kind of like the first when I first started recording on an old PC um, computer and I recently got that um, hard disk incorporated into my Mac mm-hmm. and and so uh, and I have this program like so I can open kind of virtually open the old computer in the new one 
And then I have access to all the the really old recordings and this old program I used. So some of these sounds are like maybe 17 years old. Yeah. And th and then there are some other stuff that are like yeah, 10 years old or so where I didn't use that old computer but it was when I started to use like tape recordings and stuff. Is that kind of a strange process? I mean, combing through all of that old yeah. stuff. I mean, it does it. It's kind of like flipping through a photo album or something. Going, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really really funny and sometimes like it's really bad stuff. <laughs> some of it, some of the first. And but the thing is that yeah, when I started like you know i just some of these tracks have like in in a single track you know there was were like 50 tracks in it because mm -hmm. i was just keep on uh, i kept on putting s stuff on top of each other yeah <laughs> and then like what i use now are maybe some recordings or some a track from a whole track just a s single track that I muted or something mm -hmm. that I didn't intend to be in in the front or you know right so it's like yeah I'm, I'm taking kind of the 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 recordings that weren't intended uh, yeah to that, be and do you feel like uh, that that stuff there ends up forming kind of the framework then for your new stuff I mean then you're bu building stuff yeah, around that it's it's uh, it's it's kind of uh, it differs. Um, it's like uh, basically it's like doing collages. Yeah. Um, and so, what I like about it is that it's kind of like I, I never really wanted to play in a band, or I did a bit when I started playing guitar. Mm -hmm. But this is like I'm kind of like playing with myself in a band because. When I take a recording I did maybe 17 years ago and putting it kind of randomly together with with another recording, old or new, then something uh, unexpected happens, mm -hmm. and that's the same as doing what I'm trying to do with collages. Right, right. Like putting different stuff together, and then when it works, something new. Uh, images. Right. Well, yeah, as, you know, as I've listened through your catalog, I, I have noticed that there certainly is a common thread that runs throughout all of, all of it. I mean, there's this, certainly there's a toys with melancholy, though, and beauty at the same time, and these notions of memory, which is interesting, giving some of these old recordings that you're talking about. Um, yeah. But, but I found that with each individual release that you put out, it tends to have kind of a very decisive tonal and instrumental focus to it. So I was wondering, you know, as you are preparing works or as you're as a composer, is that indeed something that helps you arrange a piece of work into something that feels cohesive to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of want all albums to be like a whole. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, either I want it to be like maybe based on a simple on a single uh, instrument or like this one, uh, Skygge, the new one, uh, like have a, a similar mood or tone, or like this is maybe a, a bit more 
um, like mystical or, mm-hmm. but definitely the like you mentioned the memory and stuff is like, um, yeah, it's kind of notions that interest me and so it's it's kind of based on like moods everything I do I think and memories in in a way. Well, I remember listening to your release uh, called Variationer. Um, I'm abbreviating that, the one that came out on Hornbuckle from last year. And yeah. and I was almost taken aback a bit when, when vocals first emerged. Like, wow, I hadn't heard that in any of your previous work. Um, and basically, it was mentioned on there that uh, all of these were essentially first takes and primarily improvised. So I was wondering, when it comes to... Uh, more of your folk-oriented music, does that approach feel more natural, or is impro- uh, improvisation a key factor in how you approach creating music in general? Yeah, I think um, the the more song-based or folk-oriented uh, was what started um, getting me into more improvisation, uh, because um what I kind of did mostly during that seven year time span was like record um ideas to like small portable tape recorders mm-hmm. and then uh, I kind of like recorded them um with the intent to re record them uh, as a real song you know mm-hmm. later and i tried doing that and but it never really felt right to me and then like I, I started re-listening to all these old tapes and I just felt that the the improvised first takes just had a lot more feeling and a lot more intimacy mm-hmm. because it was like the kind of the instant mood uh, of the piece uh, or when it was created um, and yeah yeah I, I don't think I can recreate that moment um, maybe but but now I also like try doing the improvisation with uh, like synthesizers and other stuff or like the um, the organ recordings which were recently released right right uh, they're also like yeah, basically, I, I had the, I, I have had this old um, organ, or I had this opportunity to record on a very old organ, and so basically, yeah, I don't know how to do that, but I just improvised, and yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's play a track here from another release that features some of the vocals. This is the one that came out on Finnery tapes, and. I'll maybe let you pronounce it for us. <laughs> and um, this one, though, I think you had mentioned, though, was not necessarily a first take. Is this some of the stuff that you revisited and attempted to, like, kind of do a definitive version of, or do I have that wrong? Yeah, no, that's right. Or actually, this one, I never really did the demo um, first take thing because I was like I made the song and also the lyrics and um, it all became very I guess emotional or um, 
because like I, I didn't feel like I could record it and like after that I I think there it was a year or so before I picked up the guitar again uh, because I didn't feel like it but mm -hmm. then I yeah recorded this and uh, yeah it's called uh, Ormene with Himlens Port so let's yeah let's play this track here and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about your collage work Just to be 
Well, how has your visual artwork developed over the years? I mean, did your interest in collage art precede your interest in music or or have these pursuits kind of developed side by side over the years? Well, I uh, I started doing music um, a lot uh, longer ago than collages. Mm-hmm. I maybe I've maybe done collages for like five years or so, five or six years. But um, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like twelve or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely first music, and then I started yeah doing the collages. But I, I guess there's like yeah, like I mentioned a bit before. Um, the process is very similar to me, so right. I guess in a way they develop side by side. Maybe yeah. it's definitely yeah the same. It's it's kind of what the same thing I'm trying to express or convey or yeah. Say, so. Do you feel like since you have started to actively put out more releases that you start to think of the visual element? You know, like right. You know, what I'm saying like. As you're doing that, yeah. like, oh, this might work well with with that particular release. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, ma- uh, like for this uh, uh, latest release here, it was definitely like these this series of collages went extremely well, I think, with this, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly, maybe that it comes afterwards, I think. Sure. That I can see it afterwards. More yeah. Clearly. Well, for me, you know, your collages tap into this very rich and mysterious inner world uh, of these individuals. Uh, you know, one that perhaps envisions their connection to a specific place or their place within the cosmos, for that matter. So I was wondering, can you explain to us some of your fascination with using these? very singular portrait style images as sort of a focal point or a launching point uh, for your collages? Yeah, um, I guess I'm, I'm more interested in like the inner, inner world than the world as such, or the mm-hmm. outer world. And um, I guess I was trying to like find a way or ways to like portray inner worlds of feelings and thoughts and and of course like yeah collages is it was yeah a great medium for that I felt and but especially these old portraits um, um, the old portraits have like compared to newer portraits they're like more serious and there's kind of a lot of expression in the eyes and so this is why I'm I'm really using a lot of these old very old antique portraits mm-hmm. um, yeah and I know that you mentioned that you know like if, you, if people follow you on Instagram for example that you try to keep these as just sort of standalone works that you're really not into the whole sort of digitizing process I mean is that something that as an artist that you know, as part of your um, working philosophy, that you want to keep things very tangible. Yeah, um, like you mean that I write that 
there's no prints of the yeah. yeah yeah the fact that they're all hand, you know hand cut there aren't oh, yeah, any prints yeah. you're not really doing um you know reprints or reproductions of these collages they all kind of exist yeah. as one 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 an addition of one basically oh yeah 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 definitely um yeah uh, like i really like that like i don't use anything digital when making these like i don't scan pictures in and enhance them or like a I use only stuff like from old books and so yeah I like to keep like everything analog mm -hmm. and this was also kind of like the point it was like when I started doing uh, music on a four track rec uh, tape recorder it, it was at that point that it started to make sense to me um, because like because I I had like only these four tracks and they were physical uh, physically there mm -hmm. um, and so yeah I'm very like tied to to analog um, or like I'm what's it called I'm dependent on it yeah so is it the um, limitations that uh, kind of the analog realm presents that you like that you know when you get into some of the digital stuff I mean there's just so many options that you feel that the limitations itself spark some creativity for you yeah definitely mm -hmm. like like I said when I started doing the music like these tracks have like uh, or like when I started using the computer like there's like endless tracks and and I really couldn't control that, mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah, the limitations are, yeah, definitely a key point in both uh, music and collages. Right. Well, I'm going to get into an, an excerpt here from one of your more recent releases. It's your first uh, LP that you put out. It's called When Birds Fly, the Eyes of Heaven Can Rest. And I, I think this here is a great example of how both the visual element and the and the sonic elements go together very well, and and the title itself. Um, it, this is what I wanted to ask. I mean, it, was this something for you where you had these long ambient pieces and you thought, oh, this title and the and the, the images that I have go so well together? What what came first with this particular release? Actually, this title is like a more or less direct translation of a line from a poem by a Finnish, Finnish poet uh, called uh, Pint, Pint, <laughs> sorry, mm -hmm. Penti Sarkoski. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really like that line. Uh, and um, I think what came first was actually uh, that uh, Andrew Chalk um, agreed on working on the first part. Okay. Um, and then I was like, because I've been a fan of him for a long while, and so I was kind of saving this track for yeah something special and maybe an LP. Mm -hmm. And then when I had the opportunity, um, I had also saved uh, this the other part two. Um, I had kind of saved that for for something that. An, um, another track that it could like work with sure and so yeah i felt that these two worked together and um 
Well, let's let's play it here. This is going to be an excerpt uh, from part two of that release called When Birds Fly, the Eyes of Heaven Can Rest.
So let's briefly discuss uh, this new release. And I had just played an excerpt uh, number two from the new one that we put out on Round Bell Recordings. Um, going back to that idea of older material uh, used that we mentioned earlier, what were the elements of this new release uh, that were old? And I guess, how did you work with that material to create the tracks that form this new release? <clears throat> yeah, um, I think that basically, basically all these um, sounds are old, mm -hmm. um, but I kind of rearranged them and put them together anew. Um, and like, for example, the like the pulse uh, synth sound in uh, part one was like I think some of the first stuff I ever recorded. No, oh, really. Um, yeah, it's like a very old. Um, yeah, like I did these. It was like in a very low bit rate, and also yeah, this also goes with to the. Um, the last, or oh, the sound on part three, mm -hmm. uh, the synth th sound, it, it has kind of a lot of glitches and it kind of, uh, it, that happened when I converted it to a higher bit rate. Mm -hmm. um, so I also like that, yeah, these sounds are like very old and you can actually hear it, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, some of these, like these two, sounds uh, like yeah some of the first recordings i ever did and then some of them are like like maybe yeah 10 years old or so um but basically i, I put them together in completely different ways um but still keeping trying to keep it like minimal and right. simple right because there's very um, i mean there there's very few overlapping elements there i mean was there maybe you mentioned like before you would stack yeah. maybe 80 tracks on top of it. These maybe have yeah. three or four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not more, definitely. Right, I right. try to like, yeah, actually it's a bit like similar to when doing collages. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really like to make stuff that has like more than four yeah. different parts because then it, gets, then it easily gets too messy. And mm -hmm. yeah. Well... Let's talk about this mix that you put together, because uh, for much of the second half of the show here, um, we had you put together this this mix of just music, and really there were no stipulations. I just said, put together music that you're interested in, <laughs> and and yeah. and it turns out that it's a fantastic mix of music here. So I guess I just wanted to ask you if you could just kind of set this up and give a brief introduction about uh, what the listeners are going to hear, and then. You know, are the tracks included from artists, I guess, that you admire, or were there other certain considerations that you were kind of toying with uh, as you were prepping this uh, mix? Yeah, it's based, it's um, definitely um, all tracks that I really like, and um, I started out wanting to do a more pure, purely ambient mix, but mm -hmm. um, it's kind of quickly developed into a more experimental kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and also it kind of developed into this having a similar mood going throughout, I think. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just really great tracks. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
Yeah, and I was just trying to mix it up a bit. So going from more like sometimes quiet stuff to more like noisy, explosive stuff and sure. to like keep it interesting. Um, but um, yeah, I, I really like all these artists and... Um, well, it turned out fantastic, and I really do appreciate the ti- the time that uh, you put in. And uh, thanks so much, Pa, for taking the time to uh, chat with me here for this episode. Well, thanks for having me. So here is that mix that Pa put together to flesh out the remainder of the show, and we'll play this uninterrupted. So I hope you enjoy. disciple of nihilism, an anchorite of absence. I have meditated fervently in what annihilates meditation. This towed meaning unto purposelessness. Torn paradox from its entangled reality to feast on the sinew of incomplete thought. I have stared in rapt fascination at the gaping, yawning void, caught sight of its undeniable reality, where intoxicating ideals formerly held sway. Recognizing my own ghoulish visit, and the opus out of which a very illusory object springs, has sent the remnant of spirit I somehow still dare to claim as my own fleeing and abject terror, replete with disgust. Without the merest hope of catching up with this departed spirit, I languish in a state of desolation, wandering the vastness of my ever-expanding emptiness. No matter what I encounter, in my travels, inner and outer, there is only the muck and truth of absolute purposelessness, to confront over and again. There is the grin of death, that delights in my futility. I have spent endless nights awake in remorse, over the bare fact, the only one I, feel with any certainty, that I should have been born, and will shortly die. This brief flash of terrible insight, this unbearable awareness of mortality, that is called life. Do I call such a thing my own? The audacity of the desire for continued existence, when impossibility and negation absolutely reign continually astounds me. Having not understood how man, that absurd species accompanying my descent, strives after goals and aims he can't possibly realize, how his every defeat motivates still greater effort. There remains for me the pitiful renunciation of the dream of a greater world, a truer life, the promise of perfection.
arms. Comme si on pouvait parler à la place. Toujours la même chose. Une totale inadéquation.
بزرگ داد.